As we prepare for this morning's message, hear these words from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. These are definitely interesting times we are living in. One of my friends recently posted on Facebook about all of those pastors out there who had dreams of being tele-evangelists. Now is their big shot. Perhaps giving up makeup and wearing the same simple black dress for Lent wasn't the best idea after all for me. If Tammy Faye Baker saw me now, she'd be wildly disappointed. A few months ago, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders, thinking about how to figure out screen time with my children. My parents did not have this worry. When Sesame Street came on, you better believe my mom ensured we were in front of the TV because it was probably the only half an hour in her day she could sit down or eat something. When the program was over, it was over. None of this constant streaming business. But today, I am thanking God for constant streaming. I might need a break from my two little girls at 3.30 in the afternoon on a Monday when I have literally exhausted every good idea I had planned for the entire week. And boom, Sesame Street is there. All nine million episodes. It's Lent, so I should be honest. When I say 3.30 in the afternoon, I mean to say 9.30 in the morning. I hear newscasters, my parents, and friends say they have never lived in a time like we are currently living in. It is a unique time to be preaching a sermon. More than ever, I need to hear God speak. This morning's scripture passage I originally had planned to preach on before all of this even happened as my encounter with Jesus. However, it has taken on a whole new meaning to me now. I see it through a different lens. 
Often we speak about peace and patience in church, but to, for me today, those two fruits can seem like they are in short supply. I want normalcy again, and I want it now. I feel anxious, uncertain, and sometimes even afraid of what the future holds. I originally selected the scripture passage about the hemorrhaging woman because years ago when I first read this story, I felt connected to her. Growing up, I always felt like an outsider to Christianity. It seemed you had to look a certain way, act a certain way, and come from a certain type of family to belong. But when I had my own encounter with Jesus, I learned he deeply loved me for me. He called me daughter, and my belonging to his family came directly from him and not from his people. This is true for the hemorrhaging woman as well. Even though this account is recorded in three of the four Gospels, Mark tells us the most about her. He lets us in on the details of her condition and gives us more of an account of what happened during the healing itself. It's good to note the Levitical law at the time. A person who was bleeding from any nature was considered unclean and would then need to proclaim to that to the community whenever they came in contact with anyone. And this wasn't a subtle comment of, by the way, I'm unclean right now. But this was a shouting, unclean. So all within hearing range would know to keep their distance from you. For if you were to touch someone, you would then make them unclean. Perhaps you can now understand how I see this scripture with a whole new lens. Apparently, social distancing came from the Levitical law. Before this woman, her life was a nightmare. Here she'd been bleeding for 12 years. No community, no family that we know of, and if it, even if she had had a family, they couldn't be around her. We know she'd spent all she had on trying to find a cure from doctors, only to get worse. So here's what amazes me about this woman. She's considered an outcast of society, is, is supposed to avoid gatherings at all cost. She's tried everything. And when I say everything, I learned from a commentator that this week some of her medical treatments were probably drinking a goblet of wine with a powder compound from rubber, alum, and garden crocuses, or carrying the ash of an ostrich egg in a cloth. She tried it all. She literally has no money, no family to speak of, no connections, and she's a woman. So in that day and age, that meant she was already marginalized to begin with. And yet, somewhere within herself, she had enough faith and hope that she did not let any of those present circumstances stop her. She throws caution to the wind and not only puts herself amongst people, but a massive crowd of people. And then she does the unthinkable. She touches someone. It tells us in the passage, she came up behind Jesus in the crowd 
and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Where does one have faith and hope like that after 12 years of suffering? After losing all they have trying to find a cure to only end up worse off. In seminary, I took a class called Biblical Health and Healing. I distinctly remember my professor in the beginning of the class wanting us to understand the difference between healing and cure. I remember he said, Jesus always heals, but he does not always cure. A cure is a relief from a physical symptom of a disease or a condition, but to heal is to make a person whole. When Jesus heals the woman, he cures her of her bleeding, but he heals her by making her whole again. She is now reinstated into community, no longer an outcast. And beyond that, Jesus calls her daughter. He adopts her into the family of God. And for someone who had had no place in society for 12 years, she now was the daughter of a king. Jesus' last words to her are, Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I was struck by these words for the first time this week. You see, we're told at the beginning of this passage, the woman had spent all she had. It's great that she's no longer bleeding, but can she really go in peace? Aren't there other burdens she still has to carry? Isn't being without financially a heavy cross to bear? I believe Jesus could say these words to the woman for a couple of reasons. One, she already demonstrated her great faith in Jesus. If she could believe he could care for her in this aspect of her life, surely she trusted he'd take care of her in other areas as well. But I also believe that Jesus knew soon the church would be coming into existence. This is where healing and cure come into play for me. As a person, I cannot heal anyone. Only Jesus can do that. But I can help cure someone of loneliness by offering to be a friend. I can cure someone of hunger by providing meals. There are many ways we as a church can offer a cure to someone in need. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you visited me. 
Then the, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This encounter the hemorrhaging woman had with Jesus reminds me of my identity. I too am a child of God. I too am healed and can go in peace freed from my suffering. And we, even when the outcome looks bleak and uncertain, I can lean into the faith that guides me in the unknown. I am reminded I can also offer a cure. During this time, the church has a powerful witness in the name of Jesus. The profound witness we heard today from this unnamed woman is even in the bleakest of times, reach out to Jesus. In doing so, we are reminded of whose we are and who we belong to. For those of us who have had our own personal encounters with Jesus, those of us who have been healed and made whole by the power of his Holy Spirit, we are given the gift to freely give. We can help be a part of the cure for our world and guide them to the one who can heal. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we live in uncertain times and we too like the faithful woman in our scripture passage today, long to be cured and healed. Our desire is to be in community with one another again, to share in our day to day, to hug each other, to see each other face to face. We pray, Jesus, that you would cure our world of this disease. But beyond that, we ask for each person in our world to be healed, to be made whole, freed from suffering, and able to live in peace. Help us live into our faith in these days and trust in the one who can truly heal. Be with us now, we pray, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.